welcome to another episode of Uploading Podcast, the flagship the flagship podcast of fucking your enemy's ex. You're gonna see why shortly. I imagine so. This is this is episode eight, and I'm very happy that we're we're almost out of the uh, the, the podcast Single. honeymoon phase. That's what they call the first ten episodes. Oh. Because I thought it was single digits. One. <laughs> what? I thought the first ten well, first nine was just the single digits. Well, that's also true, but I don't care about that because other numbering systems exist. So true. I don't care about oh, it's ten now, it's a hundred now. Wow. But no, that is apparently a thing that most podcasts get started. And then just end before they hit ten episodes. So, That's, oh, and after ten episodes, apparently that means you're like, you kind of know what's happening, and you're like fine with it, and you're gonna stick with it. Like the likelihood of you making more than ten episodes, well, well, making a lot of episodes goes up way higher once you're past ten. So, yeah, I think it's makes similar sense. with a lot of things like YouTube and like live streaming. Yes. Once you get more familiar with how to do it, it's like then easier to do it again. So it's more likely that you shall. And thus an investment on your part. Now. This was an interesting mm. thing to start off with. Normally I'm like, well, how are you doing, Sod? <laughs> I didn't do that uh, at all. But how well, are you I'm doing? doing very well today. I'm currently hosting a raffle on Twitter, if anyone's interested about that. Uh, for a game, uh, what's it, the original Psychonauts. You can find over there to get the information about that. Uh, for today specifically, was playing some Deathloop, and may yeah. I say oh, Colt and Juliana are bickering like children. I've it is just no school-bound squabbles. Just I've... every time. I have no mm-hmm. idea what Deathloop is, by the way. I've heard it before. I've heard you say it. But I'm like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> uh, basically, it's a 3D shooter, stealth platformer, roguelike, where you're trying to uh, break the loop by killing all the people who sustain the loop by their wow. existence. And you've got to figure out a way to kill them all in one go to get to the win state of the game. Uh, what's it? It's made by Arcane, I want to say, off the top of my head. I'm... Forgive me if I'm mistaking that. No, wait. The, let me double check. Uh, while I go over that, the same people who made uh, Dishonored. Which, yeah, it definitely plays a lot like that, except a lot more gun action. And this one's like stealth or violence. Like, this one's a lot more freeform, which is very fun. You can go stealth for quite a while, but then when you inevitably do mess it up, like, you can easily just go into the combat of it quite effectively. I've got myself this lovely machine gun that uh, focuses in its fire the longer you fire it now. It is very good for clearing out mobs of enemies. And I normally do like playing very stealthily. Hopefully I can get one of the uh, invisibility powers soon, so that way I can stealth about the map, break people's necks. <laughs> uh... I feel like we have gotten stuck down a tangent well before even getting another, point one. Yeah, I had another thing I want to talk about, though, which had to do with our social mm-hmm. media accounts. I hope that's going to be quick, but holy shit. Yeah, we know um, how to ramble. Meta, We're professionals at it. Yeah. Um, 
Meta slash Facebook is really crap. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you now, um, we have at Operating Pod on Twitter. That's good. Mm -hmm. I like Twitter. Good idea for a platform. And then we have at Operating Pod on Instagram as well. And I think I set up a TikTok. I haven't done something with it. But yeah, so I wanted to log Mm -hmm. into this thing called Buffer, which is a social media managing service where you oh, can I connect. Where you can I connect have that on my phone. I haven't done anything with it yet. It's where you can yeah. connect your Twitter and Instagram and other things to it, and then post all from one place. And you can schedule posts and things like that, which is a great idea, very good. And yeah, so I got a Buffer account. Uh, and I, I was like, well, let's add the Twitter thing. You, you press connect Twitter, and it just pops up the little site, mm-hmm. which says, oh, Buffer wants to do all of these things. Yes, oh, no, you just click yes, and then it works. Now, it used to be the case that you could just do the same thing with Instagram, right? You just click sign in with Instagram or connect Instagram. Hmm. The thing is, though... It doesn't I think, anymore? I think like a year ago or something, they removed it. I remember oh. actually getting an email for, for that, for some other service with my personal accounts. So oh. the process that you had to go through, you press connect Instagram, it pulls up this Facebook login from 2012. Goodness. And I was, and I was like, okay, well, I guess Instagram is fucking a meta account anyway so i could just put that in right no so you have to create a separate facebook account set up like i think you have to set up a page and then you have to link your instagram to that facebook page and then you can go to something like buffer press connect instagram and then you connect your facebook Mm. account and it pops up another thing saying oh this is all your <gasps> all your pages. And then it pops up, ah, oh, look, on your page is Instagram. We can grab this Instagram and use it. I was like, how, God. why does this even work? How is it even, how do you come up with a system that shit? Oh, no, it's not like, uh, well, it's like shit for the user, but the whole point is yeah. to get more people needing to have a Facebook account. To get that information. A lot of people might have had like Instagram from before that, but now you can no longer just naturally integrate things via the Instagram account. You suddenly need a Facebook account. And I think they probably want to do a lot of tactics like this because like in recent earning reports, well, that might be a a thing later in the thing. Uh, They're just, no, those stocks like, plummeted by 230 like billion yeah. yeah i saw that I yeah. was like, because fuck. of the whole meta and like downturn of users because people just like active daily users are down signups are down N- new people don't want to get on facebook because of all the drama and like all the other bad things people already on there are kind of like just like getting off or only still have it just because like older family members have it and that's kind of the problem when your thing becomes more popular, popular with like an older generation. Uh, you know, not only is a natural age off, you know, <laughs> shall we put it uh, gently, but of a certain ideological bent that um, 
inclines them to seek alternative methods and insist upon free breathing, shall we say, kind of also affects the long-term health, making it more likely for them to, you know, age off, to word it delicately, a lot sooner. So, yeah. That's a pretty hot take. (laughs) Yeah. But probably pretty accurate. The users are just getting older and older. New people know, okay, if I don't have family and I don't have some like kind of content thing I'm trying to push, I don't want Facebook. Don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I like think, just as an individual, I, there's no need for it. You'll just be worse off for yeah. it. And, I think Facebook have a, a sim, similar thing to what like Buffer and other services are. So I think they want to kind of try and push that. <laughs> Instead of having too. people just click, oh, sign in with Instagram. <laughs> and then, okay. You just get a simple, oh, they have an alternative uh, product online. I go into the sim- st- uh, systemic structure of it. Uh... <laughs> You can really get a sense for people on how they go off on things. <laughs> well, it's pretty dumb. It's stupid. Don't do it. It is. Well, it's this stupid for the user. It makes the users more like, yeah, more difficult. But that's the whole thing. The monopolies are always good for the business. It's bad for the consumer yeah. and should yeah. be illegal because it hurts competition, which makes things worse for the consumer, who can also be like, say, the competition as well. That suddenly gets bought up by another larger company that wants to, you know, move into another sector. Like Amazon, the shipping company, probably buy... I think they bought up, like, a film company a while back. Oh, yeah, MGM, yeah. Yeah. It's the like, people who own uh, James Bond. I think, the, I think they have the film rights at present, but I'm pretty sure it's... One of those, like, IPs that have this really complicated, like, estate thing going on. It's a real headache sometimes. I know there's also, like, the estate... I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, the creator of the Daleks, and they do need the the estate to sign off to get, like, the Daleks to appear in Doctor Who. I, I think they might have worked out some deal for now, but, like, it is going to be, like, an ongoing situation for as long as the Daleks are copyrightable, so. This has now gone longer than I expected. <laughs> I yes! Say, fuck Facebook. <laughs> yes. Fuck okay. Facebook, indeed. Uploading podcast link tree down below. My link tree as well, down below. Give us a follow on all those things. I don't think I've put uh, my link tree there. I should do that. Do I even have a link tree still? You should ha- should have a link tree for like uh, uploading podcasts or yourself personally. Should have it down there. Yeah. Sod. Uh, most active right now on Sod Passion Gaming, on Twitch and YouTube. Give me a follow slash subscription there. And again, the raffle for a game on my Twitter, at Passion Sod. Uh, and Sod, that's where can everybody find you. Well, currently you can still type in silastv.live slash Twitter or Instagram or TikTok and then you'll get there. Uh, I just need to renew that domain. Because <laughs> 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 it's actually running out. I think in like two weeks or something. So if that doesn't work anymore, at watch TV on all of those platforms and 
live streams on Trovo. I don't know if do I have a link tree? I think I have one. I haven't streamed in like so long. No, I think I have one. I just don't remember how to get to it. Oh yeah, it's just linktree slash Silas TV. Okay. Well, I'll just put that in the descriptions in the future. I just didn't do it so far. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get into the first topic now, everybody. Huh. Should I read it off? No. I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but I'm going to do it. Topic number one. Twitter gets a downvote button. Maybe. Ooh la la. Twitter, long known for its slow and careful evolution of its core product, the tweet, is rolling out a worldwide test that would allow users to downvote replies, a feature that could significantly change how the service works. The Hmm. concept of downvoting posts and comments has been a staple of the internet for decades, appearing on sites such as Slashdot, Reddit, or Ars Technica. The concept is simple. Users who find issue with a post can vote it down. Some key notes about this experiment are, number one, this is just a test for research now, uh, right now. Number two, this is not a dislike button, which we're going to heavily debate that very soon. Number three, your downvotes are visible only to you. And number four, votes won't change the order of replies. Twitter clarified in a tweet. So mm-hmm. that's the paragraph that we've written down for this. My first problem is just the name Ars Technica it has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> Why? I guess that it had a some kind of like downvoting. The thing I will say about this, along with like relevant to like YouTube removing the visible dislike count. Yeah. I think there always should be the ability and to not only upvote like or heart something, but there should be a visible countable method to do the opposite. Dislike, downvote, broken hearted. Because yeah. like that alone can show you very importantly where the general consensus is for these sort of things. Well, it it just helps you if something is just wrong. Again, like, like 200,000 people can dislike something very deeply and write comments about that and whatnot. But if you see, like, 10,000, like, uh, likes on the thing, that can affect your judgment. Oh, I guess this is popular. It's got 10,000. But again... So many people deeply hate these things. You can just go and look at like a bunch of like NFT things. It gets so much pushback. I'm sure it gets a lot of like uh, likes and retweets and like. But so many people hate NFTs, but they have no option to dislike it anymore. Well, not at all. Um, not in the first place on Twitter or anymore on YouTube. You still can't hit the button, but nobody can see it. I just think it's a real problem. It's like the these uh, quote-unquote public forums, like 
as much as you need a method to ex- engage with it in a positive way, you need a way to state your disapproval of it as well. That's very important for society at a large. Otherwise, large, massive companies will just kind of like astroturf things, just getting a lot of a positive engagement, even though the overwhelming engagement with said post-tweet product is negative. If you can't talk uh, about things negatively, it has a horrible effect. I just, um, mm-hmm. well, there's a we have the link, the Ask Technica link there, and when you click that, you get another link to Twitter's actual announcement tweets. I guess mm-hmm. announcements, kind of, and they are doing the YouTube thing. They oh. they say downvotes aren't public, but they will help inform us of the content people want to see. That's not the point of a downvote button. The point people is to inform know. the users. Yeah, people so need they to know if something is crap. Not only that, but also have a very easy and convenient way to say this is crap on their end. To just, okay, yeah. I disapprove of this. Yeah. I'm just going to hit this button, and then it adds to the, all the other people who disapprove of this. I mean, there's other ways to show disapproval of things, but the downvote button is an essential piece of internet technology. It is like which... the quickest, easiest, and most convenient, you know? Like, the, certainly yeah. there's others, but no, nothing beats the ability of just like anyone passing by who has, like, doesn't have the time to write up a long reply. I'll make a YouTube video about quote it. Quote retweeting something. Quote retweeting something mm-hmm. saying this is not true doesn't have the same effect, effect yeah. as everybody just pressing thumbs down. It's far more effective. Just someone scrolling by only has like five minute break seeing the dislike button there and hitting it on the bad thing and knowing other people see that you've disliked it. It helps. I really hope they uh, keep working on this. I the hope they buttons. they're on the they right finally, track. I hope they finally shit on the part and make the dislikes visible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, because it'll be very wise. Because so many people are angry at YouTube right now about it. It kind of makes sense. Okay, we're going to include our own, and you can count the dislikes. That it'll be just be an easy room. own. Let's just like. They should just like have a screenshot of YouTube with a downvote button pressed, nothing <laughs> happens, and then a downvote button on Twitter, and it says like, oh, 512 downvotes. That would be amazing. Just say, oh, which one is better? And then it just has that would be amazing free advertising. <laughs> that would be, be awesome, especially because like YouTube, uh, what well, not YouTube, Twitter does want to make itself more as like a main platform for a lot of other things that just isn't right now like for art and whatnot it's like fairly main but when it comes to like uh, youtube or just video creators or streamers youtube uh, twitter i keep mixing them up because of the t twitter is very tertiary when it comes to like uh, posting youtube videos or videos on any platform or streaming on any platform you can let people know you're doing it it's like it's not much use to actually do it yourself. It's a form of yeah. advertising for them. A step like this could start to shift the tides if they really want to shift them. Well, that's it's very good that we agree on this. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. We do agree on a lot of the, the broader stro- uh, strokes, typically, phrasing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will never stop for that. Anyway, uh, well, when it's such disagreement, uh, sorry, it's such agreement. Oof, oof, I'm slipping today. Do you want me to go on to point number two then? Yes. Yes. Number two. Sony to buy Bungie. Sony has to dare announce it will buy a Destiny maker Bungie for $3.6 billion. The Destiny franchise and other future games from Bungie will remain multi-platform, the developer said. Following the deal's completion, Bungie will be a part of Sony's Worldwide Studios. In a blog post on the buyout, Bungie said the deal would not impact the creative plan for Destiny through the end of its current saga, due in 2024. My, my. And that was... And that the upcoming expansion, the Witch Queen, would not contain any platform exclusives up to 2024. Uh, Destiny <laughs> 2 features such a cross. Uh, Destiny 2 features such as cross saves, cross play, and companion apps will be will also be unaffected. Beyond Destiny 2, Dungey has uh, this to say on whether future games will become PlayStation exclusives. No. We want the world we are creating, uh, worlds we are creating, to extend to anywhere people can play games. We will continue to be self-published, creatively independent, and we will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. I will just say this straight off the bat before I clear my throat a little bit with the mic off. I just am not as hyped about this. I, I understand this is like individually massive. But in the wake of like that seven billion dollar uh, Microsoft acquisition of Activision, with so many franchises no, no, and no. so many studios under it, what number did you say? Uh, seventy billion or six point nine billion? It was yeah, sixty-eight point three or point seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, almost sixty-nine. <laughs> Funny, but yeah, for that that amount of money. So many franchises, so many studios moved over from that acquisition. I, I get this is important, but those people, people like acting like this is just as impactful as like, you know. Oh, it's not. No, Activision, it's not, no. I just, it's not. It doesn't get the reaction out of me. I understand this is a big thing for like Destiny being owned by PlayStation and Bungie making games with their platform, if not like exclusives, first and foremost in mind. But I just don't care about it as much as this other thing. It's like seeing a plane crash and the, after you've seen the Titanic go down, you know? It's like, okay, sure, you can oh, recognize it God. as a disaster. Oh, my God. But you've already just seen a much bigger one very recently. It's hard to get the reaction out of you. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think this is that much of a deal either. Why is, well, not why, what other things do Bungie make outside of Destiny 2? Nothing. When you go to the website Bungie.net, it just shows Destiny 2. And then well, that's the thing, Destiny people are making... Seasons. What else do they do? Do they have the re- one game now? I think the reason making people are making such a big deal about this is because Bungie was the original creators for what's it, um, Halo, the flagship uh, yeah. franchise of Microsoft. So people are getting in, oh, isn't this ironic? Especially after like Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, 
which in turn bought up Crash Bandicoot and I believe Spyro, which means these like um, uh, PlayStation mascots are now Microsoft owned. So I, that's a lot of the hype that people are giving towards this, you know, of mascots or the people behind the most successful uh, periods being bought up by different people. Again, I just, I, I'm not as invested as this as I am other ones. That's why, I, what I, well, that's what's the joke, what, what, what fuck. <laughs> that's what, the, that's what uh, the joke at the beginning was about, though, right? Screwing oh. over your, your enemy by fucking their ex. I think that's what their what their goal is now. I think this is a petty move, basically. They're like, oh, you want to take everything away from us? Well, then fuck you. So now we got the Halo fuckers. They've got the people who made it. Like yeah. Microsoft owns Halo, though. Well, yeah, yeah. I think Halo I Infinite was made by another team. Sony didn't want to just sit so around weak. and do nothing. Yeah. Also, and just think- before I get move on, so is that confirmation yeah. that both PlayStation and Xbox are furries after having bought up like Bandicoot and Spyro? <laughs> uh, Potentially. <laughs> I don't think so. It's a company. Can companies fun. be furries? It's funny. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it depends on like the percentage of furries within that company and whether or not like head executives are, which can have a massive sway on it. Yeah. Fucking I just would I would love to see a multi-billion dollar company give a mission statement, yeah, what they make, what they do, and just in paragraph in this, you must clearly understand this. This is a fairy company. You have to understand that when you engage with us. It would be hilarious. It's like a multi-billion dollar like um, pharmaceutical company with that paragraph in the mission statement would be hilarious. It just, oh, they they make the cure to cancer. Okay, and they're furries. Hmm. No, the company's a furry? How much is the staff? Oh, only 22%. I mean, that's more noticeable than the general public, but also a shop minority. Oh, executives. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, you have cancer? Well, you can only get cured if you put on this fursuit, and then the treatment can work. We've designed it this way. Oh, well, is the treatment one of those, like, um, morphous gel suit things you see in all the quote-unquote artwork? Well, quote-unquote adult artwork, I should say, with the quotes <laughs> on the adult part. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just, no, I'm not going to say that. I wanted yeah. to say, I'm just imagining Bobby Kotick in a fursuit, but I, I'm more imagining that. I imagine that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I just find it pleasant not to have to see his face when talking to him. I deeply dislike the man. Yeah, that's true. He's getting fired, and then he ha- <laughs> he's, he's, sitting like, at, he's, he's sitting he's, at his table. Then he, yeah, he he gets fired, and he puts on his fucking fursuit as he go- goes to leave. <laughs> Normally, he doesn't wear it because oh, his business clothes. Oh, I'm fired now. Well, fuck, god, goddamn fursuit. There we go. 
But oh. it's a fursuit, except for where his cock is. That's cut out there. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm pretty sure okay. he would get one final call from HR on his way out. Well, his final and first ever oh, call. We have, a, we have a report from, oh, wait, every single employee in the building. Oh, what, are you, what did you do again? Why? Okay. It would be the first report he ever gotten. <laughs> Uh, no, this is this is comedy. Do not sue us, Bobby. Don't sue us. Yes, <laughs> I mean that that does type it tie into um slap suits. Like even if lawsuits don't have any merit, if you've got a lot more money than the other person, you can afford to like lose a case because they can't afford to fight it. You know. That's a bad thing. I'm not in America. Well, here's the problem, though. (laughs) This might affect everybody very soon Uh, in relation to anime. Uh, I can't remember uh, the specific corporation doing this, but they are basically suing within their own nation. You know, people who live in different countries, uh, they are suing them to, like... uh, with YouTube to get copyright strikes on the channel and like the person just cannot fight it it's only for like $700 a lot to a smaller creator but like for this big company it's clear they're not trying to make like money off of any damages they're just just being spiteful (laughs) and it is very disgusting because how is someone in another country supposed to fight this you'd need like someone an expert in like copyright law, international law, like multilingual speaking your native language and Japanese, or being able to hire a translator and work with them. And frankly, it just calls, calls into question like the quote unquote sovereignty of nation states because, like, okay, no, we say copyright has fair use to it, such as reviews, critiques, and parodies. And yeah. then, like, What's it? Japan is it? Okay, we're just going to sue them here, so like they no longer have you know that uh, uh, legal right. It's like you have essentially uh, circumnavigated the sovereignty of like United States, Canada, the UK, and have imposed them Japanese law on upon the individual who lives in another another region. It's kind of messed up. One of the things that would address this the most directly is um, a geo-blocker on terms of, like, the YouTube creator, you know? Yeah. Saying, like, okay, if Japan is going to sue me for, like, covering this stuff, I just won't make this available in Japan. Thus, they have no legal grounds to sue me. Can we do that, though, as a normal YouTube uploader i don't think we have options for that i know but like honestly that should be a thing by this stage given like the troubled state of international copyright law you see it with like multi multi multi-billion or multi-million dollar companies but frankly this is a feature everybody needs otherwise like youtube is going to get sued a lot in court as well as the content creator and it's impossible for them to fight it and as much as like they like to focus in on what's it um, like the biggest channels like the PewDiePie's and what's it I don't know Markiplier's whoever else is big on real big on YouTube, but a lot of the smaller content creators are just as important and and as vital because a lot of people are returning to the platform 
daily because of them. Like suddenly it's like, if those people start going, if it becomes unfeasible for them to do that, then they're only going to turn up whenever the, the next PewDiePie video drops, you know? Nobody wants that. I don't think even PewDiePie would want that. Yes. Okay. I'm uploading a video. Oh, traffic to the YouTube site has gone up by 400%. That's dystopian. I think that's what already happens, though. <laughs> For PewDiePie. <laughs> uh, I'm not in the heyday. Back when he was like that um, versus T-series, this come down the races, this MCM. It's like, okay, maybe, because his video was getting a lot more views back then because he was constantly growing so much. But now I think it's stable at like four to six million views a a video. So I miss Pew News. I I was checking that. (laughs) We've kind of gone on the spiral here. I'm unsure as to how we've gotten here, but I did enjoy talking about it. Because the Bobby Kotick joke. We need to. Well, how did that connect? Yeah, we need to move on to the next thing. Well, because I said he has a fursuit with his date cut out. And then I said, don't sue us, Bobby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then, then I went like, on to oh, slap oh, suits. Everybody slap gets sued suits. from Anna Marianne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you said it didn't affect you because you lived in another country. And I brought up, don't, no, here's an actually international. Here's an international example. And now yes. we've just rediscovered how we went down this tangent. Topic number three, if you're good and done. Let us... Um, uh, Do you want to read it? We have have pre-information that's kind of required for this one. Um, A few episodes ago, we talked about Wordle, the online Mm -hmm. game. Do you remember, Sod? Uh, Yeah, I remember I brought up how a joke was made on uh, Seth Meyers' Late Night Show during the Close Look segment, and it kind of bombed. It's like very big with certain people, but like it's not everybody. I suppose the same could be said of anything that becomes very big enough to, like, everyone who isn't into it suddenly notices how big it is. And, like, Among Us, I'm sure there's plenty of people who didn't play that, but, like, they know of it. Now, before I go on the tangent... Well, yeah. World is this puzzle game where you have a word with five letters and you can type things in. You have six tries and then it can be pretty fun. If you are a writer, it's going to suck if you hate writing and words. (laughs) And we had a story about this in an earlier episode where we talked about how this is getting copied on the App Store and people are making a lot of money of it. And then Apple eventually took it down. Um, Yeah, there's news now on the actual Wordle game. And the news Mm. is... I'm going to read it now. The Smash Online word game Wordle has been bought by the New York Times, which will integrate the daily word puzzle into the New York Times game suite of word games. Creator Josh Wardle announced today. Wordle will initially remain free to new and existing players once it moves over to the Times site, and Wardle says that he's working with the New York Times to preserve players' existing wins and streak data once Hmm. the game heads to its new home. That said, the New York Times 
the New York Times announcement leaves plenty of room for the company to decide to put Wordle, Wordle, Wordle behind its paywall in the future. In his announcement for the sale, for a price that the New York Times announced as... No. That the New York Times... Fuck. Announcement reports is an undisclosed price in the low seven figures, which I think is a really weird way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but no, we are not going to discuss how much it was sold for or say, okay, this is how much it was sold for. This weird middle ground just gets people asking about it more than just stating the price, price or not mentioning it. Figures. Is it like a million? What? Is it four million? 2.5? What is Could it? Could be anything. Could be anything. Obviously below 10. Mm. I don't know. Waddle explains that running the hugely popular game has been a little overwhelming, especially considering that considering that he's the only person who actually handles running the entire game. We could not be more thrilled to become the new home and proud stewards of this magical game and are honored to help bring John Waddle's cherished creation to more solvers in the months ahead, said Jonathan Knight, general manager for the New York Times Games. I didn't know there was such a thing as the New York Times Games. Were you aware of this? Uh, I remember hearing about this somewhere else. They have a bunch of other, like, crosswords and, like, on the, like, apps as a subscription service to the, like, newsletter. What's it? Not newsletter. The Basically the paper, you know, the digital format of the paper. They also, like, uh, have games in it like they would in a normal newspaper. Crossword puzzles, Sudoku, I imagine. And now Wordle. I've just visited the site. And mm-hmm. it says access over 10,000 crosswords. That's not all. The mini spelling bee tiles and more games are part of the game subscription. And it actually is oh. 75 cents per week. Oh. <laughs> yes. Or 25, 25 euro um, a year. Actually, I don't think that's that bad if you are insanely into like word games. That is true, especially if you're already paying for, like, supposed to be paying for, like, the paper on top of it, you know? If you're just getting that separately, it is a good price for, like, a whole year. 25 euro for a, week, for a year, yeah. For the Game Pass of Word Games. This is interesting. We're going to see, we're going to, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. tracking this story because... One of the main reasons why people like Wordle is just because it's free and it has no ads on it or anything. You just go to the website and go and play it. I think from what I understand as well, it's also fairly intuitive. It's like five little words. It only has like a small percentage, like the most common five little words in use. And you just start thinking them off the top of your head and then you figure out, okay, here's a letter that's in it, but it's not in the right place. And here's a letter that is both in the word and in the right place, which in turn further narrows down what the word could possibly be. I think like it's a fairly in, not only intuitive but very engaging design. Yeah, it's a good game if you like that style of games. I don't think people will sign up to some subscription only because of Wordle. But if they have 
other compelling games, then sure, go for it. <laughs> it's better than this being sold to like Meta or anything, like another really big company. The New York Times is not as big as Facebook. So I think I'm happy, reason when, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy when something gets bought by something that isn't already the hugest tech companies. So yeah, I, I kind of wish fine. he just like started like a Patreon or something for it, or you know, a subscription service on the site, and you know, made money and looked after it that way, as opposed to letting it be bought out altogether. I mean, this is the a better version of it, but still, it's like could yeah, he could have done that, but I guess he just didn't want to, and it's like, fine. How many people are like? engaging with it. he could just like set it up and then hired a, a bunch of other people to do the admin for him actually let's had to try and look it. up how many visits a day or a month this game gets you can kind of look that up powerlanguage.co.uk there you go Three point six million visits a month. Mm. Wow. Okay, this is interesting. If you look at total visits last three months in mm-hmm. October and November, it was just a hundred and seventy thousand and a hundred and sixty-seven thousand. Okay. And then Wordle Wordle blew up with Ooh. the four million in December. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's actually more than I expected. <laughs> Four million is quite a lot. How much did they pay, though? How much is a million website visits worth? That's that's an interesting... Four million website visits. It's not only that, but it's also like, long-term, will this bring in more people playing the game onto the service, as well as uh, Genesis Qua reading the newspaper to make themselves uh, financially solvent? But I believe the deadline was either... It was like 2050... They want to be like uh, financially stable by that point. Is it? Mm-hmm. I know about that. I know that they are like, oh, we have two more million subscribers because they bought like some other like because they just buy other newspapers and stuff. <laughs> so, mm. uh, and now games too, apparently. I don't know if Wordle is going to stick around, though. I don't know if that's a good investment. It's good for the dude. I uh, don't know I mean, if in 10 years people are going to be like, wow, Wordle is still fucking amazing. I don't think it's going to be like that with any game, but I think it's, for like the online age, I do think it's going to be similar to the crossword puzzle. Like, there's always just going to be people who are like into it and people who are like passively willing to do it every now and again. I don't think it's going to fade like uh, some fad uh, fad game. It's primarily, it is just their, you know, word puzzle, and people already seem to be very into them. What is, a, to... what is a fad game, though? Like Sudoku. I remember, no. like, years ago, people, everybody would do Sudoku. Yeah, and the, but still in all the newspapers, people are still doing it. A fad game is something what? that's like, comes okay. in and then Maybe. disappears altogether, not just, like, has the natural cap off to the hype. But still, you know, persists. Okay, the game just disappears. I haven't looked at any paper news form in like ten years. That's <laughs> so I have no clue what's printed on there nowadays. 
Well, I wish both of these people, or I guess this person and the New York Times game subscription, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you can be successful and I hope you can provide a good service for the people who want this. Maybe there's a bigger market than I think. Hopefully. The topic is done now. I have nothing I to I believe add. so. In that yeah. case, I shall read off topic number four. I'm really excited about that. Yes, please do that. After this bathroom break, good cut point. <laughs> yes. Okay. Topic number four. China releases video spacecraft orbiting Mars for Lunar New Year. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. China's first Mars orbiter, uh, Taiwan 1. Oh, God. I think Tian Wen. (laughs) Tian, my apologies. I missed the end there. Tianwen-1 is showing off its journey around the red planet in a newly released selfie video ahead of the Chinese Lunar New Year. The brief clip, released Monday by the China National Space Administration, shows a good portion of the spacecraft's body, engines, and solar rays zooming through space, with portions of Mars' surface appearing in the background. The the Tianwen-1 Orbiter has been circling Mars for nearly a year now. After launching from China in July of 2020, the vehicle itself uh, the, ve- the vehicle inserted itself into the planet's orbit in February of 2021. The spacecraft is China's first mission to successfully reach the red planet's orbit, making the nations one of just a handful of countries to explore Mars robotically. Tianwen-1 came to Mars... Uh, bundled together with a lander and a rover, both of which successfully landed on the planet's surface in May of last year. Typically, China is fairly opaque when it comes to spaceflight missions, releasing only limited information about launches and its spacecraft. But the country has released some enticing pictures of Tianwen-1 missions recently. This is, this is even Tianwen-1's first selfie. In early January, the orbiter released a small spacecraft with a rope, a spacecraft with a camera on board, which snapped pictures of Tianwen 1. With a very large Mars in the background, Tianwen 1 also captured a picture of itself during its transit to Mars by releasing another spacecraft with a camera on it that captured the vehicle in its own protective shell. This recent video was taken by a camera attached to Tianwen-1. You think instead of like a spacecraft, it would just be like one of those extendable arms, but just for like way farther and robotic? It kind of seems like a waste just to shoot off a camera to take one image. Well, maybe that's more feasible than a telescopic arm. Just having something like a little explosive load, shoot a camera off, take a picture, send it back, and then bye-bye camera. Maybe, but it's not like they have friction to worry about. Well, no, but they have space constraints on a a Mm. rocket. Yeah, that is true. Those things are really densely packed. 
like insanely densely packed those machines. I think this is pretty cool. This is also the first time I heard about this. I read this today and I was like, this is pretty cool. Have you looked at the video? No, no, not yet. Let me see. Where is the video? Miss Monday did to do. Is it the link at the bottom? Well, there's also the link where it says released Monday by the China National Space Administration. Okay. Oh, no. So, on back. I'm struggling to get used to Google Docs. My apologies. <laughs> okay. I think mm. it's pretty cool, even though it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's just uh, like yeah, it looks, like it looks. I like had a more cinematographic, uh, cinematic eye when I imagined this. Wow, I was thinking something out of Cowboy Bebop, but nope, no. Well, this is realistic. It's uh, let's describe it for people who can't look at this. It basically looks like. Ba- well, a gold-colored shiny box, and then a black Basically, background. Basically, <laughs> it looks like some Amazon packages covered in gold foil, yeah, with a red background. I was just imagining something a lot more—not in terms of like the spaceship design, but just like cinematography of this. Even like well, the music, it's like oh, they upbeat and cheery, and it's like no, man, we're looking at like yeah, another planet in the background. The music of is the wild. spacecraft, like you need something like somber. <laughs> This is like Chinese government be like, oh, this is music people will like. <laughs> it just, it does not hit home. But then, yeah, this was just from the camera that was attached to the to the orbiter itself. This is not the one that was like fired away. So there's actually a tweet. Mm-hmm. Where you can see the spacecraft from far from further away, but I guess I could send that to you in the chat. We can link that as well. I don't know if this is because this is China or because it's a fucking spaceship, but the quality seems remarkably shit. I don't think it's because it is China. It's just a tiny little crap camera that they've kind of shot away. That, just is, that, taking... is it an image? A still image? Yeah, well, yeah. Man, that, no, that does you... look crap. That looks you... so... It's so pixelated. When you scroll up, you can see even more weird things. Weird images, weird quality images. It that has kind of crap quality, yeah. That's but that's bad. like what I'm saying. Space missions take really long. Now the ones to Mars don't take as long. I think it's like a few months, like seven months or something, if you launch at the closest point when Mars is the closest to Earth. But like other space, I mean, well, once you get it to launch, it's Mm -hmm. been in development for years already. So this could be like a smartphone camera from 2005 that hmm. they just happened to put in there because that's when they were starting development on this. That's probably Maybe. what happened. That's usually what happened. Well, I mean, it like, launched in like 2022, didn't it? It's not 2022, 2020. Yes. But spacecraft take long to build. I do imagine, I don't get, deny that, but I also imagine like certain things like this 
would be things that would be swapped out, you know, and uh, replaced as technology around it advanced. I imagine it's a bit more of a fluid process than, okay, here's a bucket of parts from, like, 2005. We make a spaceship out of this, and we launch it up, irregardless of whatever developments are made in the world while still making this. I imagine there's, like, this uh, constant swap-out of, like, more and appropriate and, like, functional updated parts for the thing as a whole, not just even cameras alike. Imagine some very integral components were swapped out to even better things as technology progressed. Well, it's not just having technology progress. And also I looked it up mm. seven and a half years to develop and launch is the average, but it can go up to 10 and even more easily. It's mm-hmm. not just about having good technology or having some technology. Like when they launched this, in 2020, that means they started this in 2010. You are not going to take the brand new, newest processors and cameras and stuff and put that inside of there without having it like validated for things. You need to have like tests done, like, oh, can this withstand radiation and insane coldness and insane hotness and fucking shaking like shit? I, I think there's always they make a lot of custom stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah, but I, I think there's always a reason why they choose this. They didn't go like, oh, look, this is the cheapest camera. Let's put that in there for our millions and millions of fucking dollars worth fucking space machine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I still think this is pretty awesome, though. I, I do as well. I'm just not, like, as hyped about it, because I was imagining something a lot more spectacular. Like, the just, attention to detail. Yeah. But, oh, well. This oh, is the well. first first Mars rover thing. I mean, that first is neat. Mars mission, it mate. is very neat. If you scroll down one image, it shows a GIF. Have you seen that? The GIF of the camera Let fucking off it. on the tweet. Really? The camera that gets shot away. Apparently they had, I guess they had a camera on the ship itself, so they shot the camera off. The camera took a picture of the satellite and then the satellite took a picture of the camera and you can see how it's like flying away. Or I guess yeah. tumbling away. Seems like a waste. <laughs> but also, well, that kind of explains the image quality a little bit. It was rotating the entire time. tiny little bit thing. A tiny little thing. It's not a big TV camera. It's probably literally just a phone sensor. Look how small it is. You can't really I mean, judge when it. When it's against the void is. of space, who could say? Yeah. We don't exactly have anything in the background to measure it against. That's true. Not like there's a Coke can that's like dwarfing it or barely noticeable next to this thing. Uh, is that what not Elon Musk? Uh, what Jeff Bezos means when, like, oh, we have to move like pollution up to space? Every rocket we send up, not only will we be performing scientific discoveries, we'll also be throwing off a bunch of trash as well for scale. That's true. But yeah, that uh, explains why the image quality is like motion blurry and crap. Yeah, yeah, it um, really does. I like space things. I think space things are really interesting. 
They really are, because not only that, they have like a huge impact on life on Earth as well. Because a lot of these things they discover are just like really useful things, like memory foam. That's very useful. That's very nice. It's very comfortable to sit on. So that was a delight. I'm I'm more interested in like older space things though I have to say not that this is less awesome but just, just the fact that like mm-hmm. the fuck the the Soviet Union put like multiple probes on fucking Venus which is like the deadliest place ever and it survived yeah. and we have like sound recordings and images and stuff with like Dang. technology from before computers were really a thing how do you even come up with that how do you develop these giant fucking rockets and this tiny little machine that can do science sent the science data back to us before, like, digital technology really existed. I'm pretty sure, like, computers existed, like, in the Cold War. Like... Well, huge computers, yeah, but you didn't have a smartphone. I think, like, the huge, huge room-large computers were, like, in the 1940s. They were getting... They still filled up rooms back then, but it wasn't more just one computer, but a series of computers connected to each other. Like at one stage, you had to fill up an entire room just to get one computer that could do basic calculus for you. And now I have an iPhone. It's amazing how things progress. Well, obviously, they had some kind of computer on, for example, the Venera probes on Venus. Mm. But, like... That's still the most basic shit. I know, well, at least by compared to what we have today. Like, if you were to go back in time and show somebody, you know, off the top of my head, because I'm obsessed with it, an RTX 3090, just go back to them and show them, here's like, a, uh, what's it, a GPU, a graphics card, you know? No, that's not right. Just a graphics card, you know? Like, that would melt their brains, yeah. just like... Comprehending like, everything inside of it. This is like, how much RAM does it have? How much VRAM? Like 24 uh, gigabytes or something? T- depending on the quality, like from 24 to 32 off the top of my head, somewhere around that range. 3090 RAM. I, whatever it is, it dwarfs like some of the earliest computers. 24 gigabyte of VRAM. If you told mm-hmm. people who worked on Apollo that we're going to have fucking like 24 gigabytes of just fucking around so you can draw like some nice looking images they would have gone mad they would have gone mad. like all of nasa didn't have 24 gigabytes when they did apollo like yeah. literally they, that's no way they had this is insane yeah. one of the things though is like people like to say oh just effing around and drawing stuff but like actually like the uh, engines used for video games do have a lot of like other applications. That's I true, can, but the yeah, main the, point is yeah. it's for fun. <laughs> I, the main selling point that gets them developed further, but I don't know, it depends on your perspective uh, between like the consumer and someone behind the scenes. I, I know like one of the key examples, I can't remember others off the top of my head, but one of them is just like, you know, touring a house, you know, and using like ray tracing as it is now to set up the sun in different positions throughout the day so you can see where the shadows are going to fall without having to be there throughout the entire day. 
Well, okay, that's just ray tracing. That's existed literally since the 60s. What we now have is real-time ray tracing. That's what I mean, though. Like, so you don't time. need to wait one minute for a frame. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Real-time ray tracing. Just like, okay, let's move the sun over here. You know, this point in the day, where it would be? What do the shadows look like now? Are they just, like, not in a good place? Do they cover up a lot of stuff? Are we going to have to put a lamp yeah. down here? Like, that's... Stuff like that's wild. It truly is. But it's also wild landing something on another planet or on the moon with what essentially is just a pocket calculator. That is true. That is that's very like true. There was also a lot of like, more mystique back then because nobody really knew what they were going to find. They had hypotheses, suspicions, but also like, is God on Venus? Are we going to find God? It's like... <laughs> and then, no, it's just literal hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Uh, wow. I think we're done with the topic now. Are I we? believe so as well. Uh, this five and a half dash six, yet again, I've added, don't worry. I'm not going to go into lewdness with this one. It's just something else that popped up. Yes. Oh, did we get any comments about that last week? No. Ah. We got one comment that just said, Mm -hmm. oh, good episode, but fucking get a phone case. And I was like, no. You get a phone case. (laughs) I will find you. I will hunt you to the ends of this earth. And you will have a case for your phone so the screen doesn't break and you don't have to pay a bunch of money. No, because eventually I'm going to have a folding phone and you, you can't put a case on that, so... You can develop... I, I imagine they will develop away. a folding case and for I, that I phone. I think they already have that, but I refuse <laughs> to accept that because that doesn't make sense in my mind. <laughs> because what happens... If it falls on its side, that is the screen, when it's folded, it's going to crack in two places. Potentially. It's going to look, it's going to be impossible to look at whatever side of the screen that is, the top of half one, just because you dropped it one time. Like, I get the appeal of the folding phone. I won't want myself, but like, I can conceptualize the fun of that the convenience of it, but also so fragile. It's so fragile. Please get a case. Yeah, so you don't need a phone case anyways because, oh, does it really matter if there's like a scratch on my screen when the actual problem is, oh, my phone is in half now and I don't think a fucking, I don't think a case is really going to protect it from breaking into if it's folded, uh, Maybe like, art big if it's in big mode and you drop it then. I, I mean, at the, the, at the very least, it it's going to stop it from folding in on itself because the case is just not going to be designed to go in like that. So it only folds close, so that will stop that from happening. Also, it has the little lip as well, so the screen never makes hard contact with the ground. It's just like a millimeter or two, you know, not very much uh, space taken up, but that's enough to prevent like major cracks. 
I we have found the Robin ongoing King. meme for uploading podcasts. Don't say Silas oh, to get a phone case. Fuck no. <laughs> Silver lining <laughs> comments. <laughs> That's this video from Kodachima from like years ago. That's uh, like, yeah. oh, this dude you're the dude without the phone case or something, and everybody else is like, How oh my god, what happens if you now want to throw your phone on the table? And the dude is like, I don't do that because I don't have a case. <laughs> and then they just <laughs> take his phone, fuck around with it, and then it breaks. Yeah. That, they that did would it, be, not him. <laughs> that would be on their fault, but it's also like, okay, well, if your hands are yeah, a bit slippery they, as you take out your pockets. they blame him. They blame him, though, because, oh, you yeah. didn't have a case. We could have thrown it around. I do remember watching that exact one. Don't take somebody else's phone to throw it around, but also... Yeah. What happens if your hands are slippery when you're taking your phone out of your pocket and it just falls? What happens oh. then? Well, then that's just what it is. <laughs> Get a case down Fucking you. live with it. Get a case. Get a no, case. no. <laughs> Topic number five, a new GTA game. Really? A new entry in Grand Theft Auto series is in active development, who Rockstar Games has confirmed. We are pleased to confirm... <laughs> really? <laughs> I yeah. just realized you said that. Well, actually, it's like I remember a quote from somebody, a uh, head executive, I can't remember who it was. They were just, they were incredibly thankful that Red Dead 2 came out instead of like the, uh, GTA 6 during like the uh, Trump presidency and all the craziness going on then. Because it probably would have been very divisive for the fan base. And also, how do you parody that? You know? Like, just how? But yeah, that, I think that is fascinating. Well, Anywho. I'm going to keep reading. We are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway, the company wrote in a post on its website. In the immediate future, GTA 5 and GTA Online will release on PS5 and Xbox Series X and Series S on the 15th of March. Okay, That's so- fine. So it's been on 360 and PS3, then the One and all that nonsense, and the PS4. And now it's like PS5 and the PlayStation, uh, the Xbox, what's it, um, Series X and Series S. And it's like, is this just the new Skyrim of games getting ported to bloody Apparently. everything? Apparently, yeah. How much money do you need to make from one game? The popularity and profitability of GTA 5's online component has meant that there's been an unusually long wait for a sequel. The game originally released for the PS3 and Xbox 360 in 2013, over eight years ago. In contrast, in contrast, GTA 5 released a little over five years after 2008's GTA 4. With the unprecedented longe- longevity of GTA 5, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series, Rockstar Games writes. With every, with every new project, we embark on what... Okay, embark. I just recognized that I know this word already. <laughs> Our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. Rockstar doesn't explicitly call the call the new entry in the series GTA 6, but this would follow the naming scheme the company has been used uh, has used since 2008's GTA 4. 
There are also no official details about where or what about where or where the new game might be set. That's an interesting sentence. I don't think that's correct. Well, might not be, but yeah. they've just confirmed that they're they're working on something new. So that's good. Mm. I would I'm be, worried it's going to be a live service. I'm very worried about that. I would have that. been surprised if they hadn't been working on a new game. So, one stupid thing that bothers mm-hmm. me is the What's fact it? that the, the fact that they're going to call it potentially call it GTA Six because that's the eleventh GTA game. I mean, but- there's like <laughs> games in a franchise, but then there's also like main ones and side things. Well, it gets bullshit, complicated. Though. That shit just fucking use numbers. Use numbers. But if you want to have it's one's a prequel to something or focuses like on a side character within the same city as like the previous protagonist, but it's like, oh, but now this is his story. We're gonna fo- follow on him for this game and explore him because he's very popular and people want this. And you know, it's like reuses assets. It's very easy to get out there. It's mostly scripting at that point. You know, dialogue. And then they can put a lot of development into the engine of, like, the next game. It's like, there's some practical justifications to this. You can well, use want- numbers in, in like, spin-off games too, though. Yeah, but that's or like if the spin-off game GTA. gets a sequel. There's well, a reason that also why exists. Like Persona you can, 5. You can call it, like, I don't know, GTA, GTA 6... Like redemption whole, or something. There was and a then whole the next fight. game, and then the <laughs> next game is going to be GTA Seven Redemption Part Two or something. You can do that. <laughs> no, that's too. That's a mouthful. There was a whole fight, but with Rune Factory being called a Harvest Moon story. Like every time, nobody wanted that. Who played like uh, Rune Factory? Oh, what's oh. their what's their justification for calling it? GTA, GTA 2, GTA 3, and then GTA Vice City. Again, it's like side stories based in the same city. That, that, I hate that. That's dumb. That's shit. No. uh, No. It's practical. Don't use it. (laughs) No, I don't like it. I know. I I know. Just the fact that something that's called GTA 5 is the 10th game in one series (laughs) is insane to me. (laughs) <laughs> that's just something that I personally cannot handle and I refuse to accept it. Okay. Uh, and I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but I, it is legitimately practical given the side games in the franchise. Again, it's like, imagine if like Persona 5 was like Tensengami Persona 5. It's just too much of a mouthful, you know? You know, like, you give things a spin-off name, and then if it becomes popular, the spin-off name gets sequelized. Okay, um, but Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories is not a mouthful. Really? How is that worse than, I don't know, GTA 4 Vice City 2? It's just, I mean, it's two it. numbers in there. It's like, okay, this is like, is it the fourth game in the franchise or the second game, you know? It's, it's both. That would be, 
That makes that makes more sense than calling no, it Vice it, City Stories or whatever. It makes no. It's confusing because I know it's Vice City Stories. This is a standalone. It's its own thing compared to like the evolving world of GTA from game to game. As loose as the connections are, they still are there. Yeah. Now, before I forget, before we go any further down this tangent, in terms of development, they, I think they actually were developing like Bully Two for quite a while, and like a lot of the systems, like mechanics within it, like shattering glass, were just utilized in other projects. Before I think it's been like reshuffled or shut down altogether at this point, which is really disappointing. Okay, I need. I fact-checked myself, and I made mm-hmm. a mistake. Mm-hmm. I said GTA V was the tenth game in the series. That's not true, okay. because Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars was the tenth game. So GTA V is the eleventh already. So GTA VI <laughs> would be the twelfth Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I haven't played it. I have played GTA. I, ha- I bought it on my Xbox one years ago, and I played it like three times. I played GTA Five and Four as kids, so like, and I played Vice City. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But then I never really played it. I only like fucked around. <laughs> well, I did all the story missions. No, I, I never did those. <laughs> I what's it? I guess that is divide. Slight tangent here. Watch Free Guy recently. The whole point of the film is an NPC becomes sentient, and then it's like, hey, maybe I stop all the player characters are doing bad things and level up being the good guy. And it goes on from there. But it's like, I just can't comprehend being that much of a dick to the NPCs. Like, normally I just. If they come walking in my direction, I walk out their way, which is awkward because then they're trying to walk out my way as well at the same time. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, that is a side tangent there. I I just don't... I'm not addicted to NPCs and games. So, like, I always do the story missions and get well into them. Oh, God, I remember having to, like, reload on, like, GTA V to get the proper ending. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, ah, uh, God, I'm hopeful. I guess I haven't been touching like um, the GTA Online or the Red Dead Online, so I've kind of been feeling that drought very hard when it comes to this the massive eight year gap. Like, I only want like the mainline story game, and I haven't gotten that in several years. <laughs> So I'm very, both very excited, but also very nervous about playing uh, like a GTA 6. If they can make money 6. off this, they're going to keep doing it. I mean, it's GTA Online. I imagine they're not going to shut down the one that's already very successful. I imagine they're just going to open up a new map for GTA Online that puts you in the game world of the next game. Mm. Um, the more that I'm reading on mm-hmm. the Wikipedia for Grand Theft Auto, the more confused <laughs> and angry I get about their names. <laughs> Apparently, the people have like split up the games in the into three universes. 
the really? 2D universe, the 3D universe, oh, and then sense. the HD universe, which makes sense, yes, but that just makes it more clear how shit their naming is, to me at least. Mm. I don't know, I need to... This gives me, like... I imagine, like, the 2D injuries. games. Mm-hmm. This gives me, like, brain injuries looking at this. If you switch, if you completely switch your style of games... Like, going mm-hmm. from a 2D top-down game, like Grand Theft Auto 2, to something like Grand Theft Auto 3, which is like a third-person 3D, like what we GTA, what we know as GTA nowadays. Mm-hmm. Maybe not just number it, maybe give it, like, some kind of different name. Like, I mean, with, like, Super Mario World, and then, I don't know, Super Mario Sunshine or something. It's a different name. It's a different game, different way I think of that's just a different, like... A different naming convention versus like the numbered sequelization versus the subtitle, like the Zelda games, you know, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, uh, Skyward Sword, Majora's Mask. Uh, what's the that's, other one? Ocarina yeah, of Time. That's fine too, I think. Just having num, uh, having no numbers and just subtitles. But then when you go in in the three D universe, you go from GTA three to Vice City, then to San Andreas, and then to Advance, mm-hmm. and then to Liberty City Stories, and then to Vice City Stories. And then you're like, well, let's go to another universe. Let's, let's go to HD. And then you, and then again, you call it GTA 4. GTA mm-hmm. 4, The Lost and Damned, then Chinatown also in the... Don't mix numbers and subtitles, please. Yeah, that's that's where it gets confusing. Like I said, don't mix numbers and subtitles. Go for a subtitle. Uh, What else? What else? I'm interested to see what can happen. I I am curious, though. Like, of all the major cities, they've done L.A., they've done New York. I can't remember what the other one was that they did before, but they... like. It's escaping me off the top of my head, but they've done that. I'm trying to think of, like, where's a major city that they can, like, place this in that would be distinct and memorable? Part of me kind of wants them to maybe go outside of the... Yes, outside of U.S., like maybe France or something, just off the top of my head. But, like, make it very clear this is the GTA universe, you know? Like... There's still going to be an abundance of guns. Like, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if they, they just, just... They're going to just... Uh, they're just going to make it in, like, shit London or something. <laughs> that, that might actually London be very precedent. Oh, that reminds me. I, don't, I really wanted to play, like, uh, the Watch Dogs 3. I, but... Ah, uh, but, you know, Ubisoft. I, maybe a second-hand game. But I also feel like... After two, they instead of taking the criticisms they got for that and adapt, adapting it to like I think it was, forgive me if I'm getting the wrong name here. Aiden Pierce was a protagonist of the first game. Yeah, they just made a new protagonist that was so much worse because they took these like tweaks to a character and made it the defining traits of a new character, oh, which okay. was awful. I've only played the first one. <laughs> I know, and I really liked it. Like, I, I will fully admit, it kind of leads heavily into cliches, but there was an earnesty to that leaning, you know? Yeah. 
Like it really wanted to be what it was. And I do appreciate I that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, but I just didn't care when the two and the other one came out. Yeah. Two. It's like, that was very clear. It wanted to be popular. It wanted to be a massively high selling franchise, which I don't know. It could have just done well. That could have been fine and focus more on characters. And I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, 3 was still leaning into that direction. But it also, 3 was dealing with something like you would recruit, recruit anybody in it. So like, I'm intrigued to see if that's like... Yeah. Okay, I, I forgot. Um, I thought there was a good reason for this tangent. I still believe that. I have faith in myself. But I forgot to now we've got here. I think it is time to move on to point six if there's nothing more to um, add to point five i just saw something mm-hmm. about the joke that i made i just said they should they can make like gta in shit london uh-huh. i just re- randomly looking still looking at the wikipedia article that's how we got there there mm-hmm. is grand theft auto london 1969 and grand theft auto london 1961 what? <laughs> There's got to be mods, right? No, these are expansion packs. For what? For for Grand Theft Auto, for the first game. Those are still 2D. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's a lot easier to do. So, accidentally, they've already done it. London with guns and shit. <laughs> Probably, presumably. <laughs> Maybe that's where I saw it, and then I thought, oh, this is a great idea. Just, like, <laughs> without noticing. Probably that's uh, what happened. It's amazing how people take that well. information. Atari does NFT loot boxes. Giftable Atari NFTs are being released for the company's 50th anniversary. Produced by the public realm... Active developers in the metaverse and NFT ecosystem, the GFTs are giftable NFTs that unwrap on a specific date with a surprise inside. There are 10 GFTs available in the Atari collection inspired by its 50 years in the gaming industry, 20 of which was active, if even that. Uh, with some more rare than others. That's typically how things in loot boxes work. According to the roadmap on the collection website, ah, the roadmaps, are you kidding? The GFTs will unwrap on a specific date where users will find out if uh, theirs is common, rare, or epic. As most GFTs are are bought, Access to more is granted on top of the game uh, competition and leaderboards as the metaverse, metaverse grows. In essence, this is a seemingly, a seemingly combining two of the worst trends in gaming from recent memories, NFTs and loot boxes. If I may say first and foremost, this feels somewhat like an article that was written to reach a word count. Mm, maybe, probably. Yeah. Sometimes there's like stuff you have to mention, but it's like, it's once you go over like a paragraph, it's like you're struggling to provide any information. 
Uh, but yeah, this sucks. This really sucks. I will say, though, like uh, we talked a bit about this beforehand, before we started recording, and apparently, what's it, um, Genesis Claw? This is a fairly common thing, but as I, who doesn't want to know anything about NFTs, only really found out about this possibility existing because of Atari's move to try for it. So yeah, that's... That is interesting. I imagine it will get a lot more hate from people as a concept now because of that. Well, NFTs have existed for, I don't know, probably like three years at least, maybe more, before everybody like randomly decided that it sucks in the last few months. They don't have to suck. The inherent idea itself of having some, like, a certificate that you can't fake is a good idea. But again, this is a use case that's pretty shit. Plus, they're combining a pretty shit use case. But, well, it's first of all, it's a shit use case because do they do anything? No, they're yeah. just like things that you can have, right? I know a few I games. That, but it's also like uh, the file size is like very inefficient for like NFTs. Most of the time, these things take up a lot of resources just because of how large they are, whereas NFTs specialize in dealing with small bits of information. One thing that I know and like is called Splinterlands, which is just a game mm -hmm. that basically uses NFTs. They've used what essentially are NFTs before they even existed. They just had their own system. It's like a trading card game, but online, and it uses the blockchain to store its data instead of like a normal server. It doesn't really do anything for the player. It doesn't matter at all. It's just a fun card game online. Them here, the Atari people just selling these art loot boxes for seemingly no reason. I don't think that's that good, especially because they're like fucking around and calling mm -hmm. it, oh, giftable nfts and like oh look hear ye hear ye we've developed this whole awesome technology how we can have unwrapping Oof. gifts and shit like that you fuckers didn't do anything nfts itself can be programmed to do fuck all or can do the most amazing things that we don't even know yet nfts right now do nothing because they're just art but they can be anything, right? So they're just not contributing any innovation to this and just trying to cash in. Which is kind of typical for like Atari at the States because it wasn't like a hotel chain at one point or something. They wanted to build yeah, one. I don't think, I don't know if they're still building it. We can it was a recognizable name that has somehow managed to die along with everything else of its original company. Well, it's and it's kind of getting bought up by other companies all the time and just traded about. Well, it's been the same company for like, like 10 or I mean, 20 years now. Has it? Because it's certainly not a video game company anymore. It is far beyond that. I'm not even sure what they do anymore to stay afloat. It's they released a console last year, two years oh. ago. I think there was a lot of backlash at that. Like, it wasn't That's very true. good. Yeah. But, like, before then, like, what have they been doing to sustain themselves? Like, 30 of the last, like, what's it, 40 years? 
Atari.com. Let's let's see what they do still. I think Infograms is who bought the Atari name. Is it the last time? Actually, people, I'm just going to tell you one of my favorite YouTube channels, Rerez, R E R E Z. Just type that in. Type in Rerez Atari. He has the most awesome video just explaining the whole history of the Atari name and the company, mm-hmm. how they've fucked themselves up accidentally <laughs> and what's happened with the name since. It's a wild story. And apparently I'm like the only person on the internet that ever knew this until Rares made a video because people would always be like, God damn, Atari is back and shit. And I would be like, no, this is just like the Atari name that this company bought and they've renamed themselves to Atari now. And, and everybody oh. would be so surprised. And yeah, when I saw Rerez upload that video, I mm-hmm. tweeted at Rerez. I was like, holy shit. Finally, I have like just an easy link that I can send to people when they have no clue what Atari is anymore. And he replied with like, oh yeah, nice that you enjoyed it. Thank you for that. Or something like that. I was like, God damn, that's good. <laughs> it's actually an awesome video. Everybody should watch this because it's genuinely in a great channel. And it's a wild story. Uh, make sure to link it in the description for this video. No. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. It seems, if you really think it's that good, people should watch it. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Who owns, who is Atari now? Is it Infograms? Infograms made a few good games on like the PlayStation, which I know and I like. Or well, they published a lot of them. Atari SA. Yeah. Yeah, it was Infograms. They were majority owners of the Atari name, and then they renamed themselves to Atari. (laughs) 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 It's time to end the show for today. We've talked about many things. We went on a long tangent that we couldn't use. Yeah, that was completely... Sometimes... Sod and I, we just sit here and we'll talk about something and it just shoots off to the most random things. I think you've noticed this if you're listening to this regularly. And sometimes it just goes off so far that a big chunk has to get cut off. Genuinely, before we we did the last topic, I was like, oh, we're doing pretty good in the time now. And this is now (laughs) fucking two hours and two minutes long. Well, we enjoy talking to each other, but also keep in mind... I'm always hopeful, like, a lot of the stuff we do end up talking about, even if it does go, like, into tangent, is still interesting to hear and does make it into the final episode, into the final cut that Silas does. But even I said the last 20 minutes getting cut because it's not relevant at all. You yeah, have to keep in mind. It might be relevant to next week when we do yes. a point there, but for now... It is time for us. We've basically ways. workshopped a new part of the show while recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm very interested in it. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it next week. Well, follow us on the at uploading pod Twitter and Instagram site. Check out the link trees of both me and Sod and the podcast in the description. 
And also go look at the Rires video about Atari so you know what happened. Yes, that should also be in the description as well. And just one more yeah. shout out. Sod Passion Gaming, where I'm presently most active on YouTube and Twitch, at Passion Sod on Twitter, while I'm currently holding a raffle for the original Psychonauts game for Steam and uh, Xbox, because those are services you can gift things to. Anywho, that oh should be about all it. GFTs. <laughs> no, wait. G GFTs? Giftable it's... game fucking transactions? I don't know. Uh, it's giftable. Yeah. It's giftable. it's a GFT, man. GFT. Yeah. You want a okay. game for free? Join the raffle. You want a game for free? You gotta get the GFT. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yes. Ata, <laughs> Have a Until good rest of your day. Bye bye. Ah, uh, that was fun. <laughs>